Cordell, let's talk a little BYU football. Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, former BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum on the big show. Hi, Tanner. What's up, guys? How's it going? Uh, we're doing terrific, Gordon. How, how are you doing over there? I'm you having doing a good day? Really well. Really well. I'm good. I'm good. So I, I was told that I need to be a little bit more energetic when I first come on the show. Apparently, I was a little bit flat. <laughs> okay. Well, good job so, this time. Uh, yeah, you got to pick up the energy a little bit. You got any good jokes, Tanner? I mean, <laughs> what's... Uh, I won't go that far. I'll okay. just... Uh, I'll think of something. I'll get to you next time. All right. Tanner's going to come on with like a lounge act or something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you're setting the bar high there, Gordon. Uh, Tanner, we'll we'll talk uh, specifics about the Toledo game and those sorts of things here in a moment. But uh, Zach Wilson, of course, going down with a thumb injury, had to have surgery. Uh, during your career at BYU, you had to battle some setbacks from an injury standpoint. What's he going through right now? Man, more than people realize. I, I think uh, one of the hardest parts about dealing with an injury is the the mental and emotional toll that it can take on you. Obviously, physically you're hurting, but more than anything, it's it's the emotional part, part of it because people don't realize that once once you're hurt, in a way, it kind of alienates you from the team in a way because while the team is out of practice, you're either in the training room getting getting treatment, or even if you are on the practice field, you're you're just kind of watching from behind. You're not you're not um, in. Obviously, you're not you're not playing, and you just kind of feel removed, and you feel a little bit isolated. And and the, it stinks when the team is going to work out in the weight room. You have to go to the training room and work with the trainers, and so it's a little bit more of a lonely time. And and I, and I think that's something that it, it affects a lot of guys. Um, I, I, it, it's just, it takes a toll on you mentally and emotionally. And knowing Zach, though, he's uh, he's he's very tough, tough-minded. He has he's a great mindset, great attitude. He uh, he loves getting work in in any way that he can. And so this isn't it's not he's not going to let this injury totally uh, take him off his focus. He's going to stay working on, on, in the film room, talking to, with Jaron. He's going to be helping Jaron a lot. Uh, and so I think. He's just going to have to find ways to stay involved. But knowing Zach, I think he'll do that just fine. Tanner, is there a cumulative effect that takes place, uh, a compounding off of the shoulder injury that he had before? And when these things stack up, is that a problem? It could be. But, you know, I don't think uh, these – I, I think this, this situation is a little bit different, just being that it's in-season – it's uh, something that he's dealing with right now, um, but I, I think you know maybe down the road it, it could play it could play a role those those compounding injuries. But I think right now he, the shoulder isn't isn't a concern. It's just getting this this thumb taken care of, and that's a big deal for a quarterback, especially on your throwing hand. I mean, Drew Brees is going through the same exact thing right now in New Orleans. Uh, I don't know the exact details of the injury, but. You know this the same throwing hand and and that's that's hard as a quarterback uh you, you you know you can't just play through that you need that to be able to throw and so i'm I'm really hoping that uh you know Zach can recover well and, and recover fully and, and be back back as soon as you can how uh, how bad is that loss to toledo uh tanner or maybe to put it another way how does this byu team beat usc and then a couple of weeks later struggle so mightily against toledo that's the exact question I was asking myself, is, is how did we beat USC and then 
go and, and, and do this? It's, 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 a, it's a question that I'm sure most fans are asking, and, and I'm sure even the players themselves. Uh, you know, I, I remember I said this last week after the Washington game, but again, those meetings uh, are not gonna, are not fun meetings to be a part of. After a after a for a team, it's those aren't fun to to show up on Monday and watch the film. You know, there's nothing more frustrating than watching film of a game that you know you you could have and should have won, but you didn't, because you see all the mistakes that you made that you could have avoided, but that you didn't. And you only, in a way, you have to relive it, and um, that's not fun. It's 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 going to definitely be. I uh, you know I would assume so. It's going to be a a big wake up call to the team. I think they're going to have to really dial in, especially going with the new quarterback this week. They're going to have to have a re have to refocus themselves and, and get ready to bounce back. But luckily, the bye week comes at a good time. I think uh, I think uh, it's something similar happened last year where we lost to Utah State uh, on conference weekend, and then we had uh, a bye week. And, and then that's, that's when I got benched, actually, and, and Zach came in. But, but for the team, in a way, it was, this, it was a way of uh, kind of regrouping, reprioritizing, refocusing. We made some adjustments, made some changes, and then came back and, um, and, and was, we bounced back against Hawaii. And, and I, I would assume that the team is kind of going through something similar right now. They're going to readjust. Obviously, they have to with Zach being out. They're going to reprioritize, refocus, figure out. They're going to do a little bit of self-scouting, which is where you watch your, your first games of the year and you scout yourself like you would like you would an opponent. And you look at your tendencies. You look at what you, what's doing well, like what, where are you finding most success and then where are you not doing well. Or where are you, are you doing things that are really uh, predictable or are you changing up your plays enough or are you changing up your, your strategy enough. And so they'll be able to make those adjustments and then for this kind of the second half of the season, be able to, to refocus. Tanner, maybe you covered some of this, but specific to Jaron Hall, what's going through his mind? What challenge does he face? And how long does it take to get fully up to speed to, 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 uh, to really play at your, at your top potential? You really don't have any time. Uh, so in 2015, in, in the first game of the year against Nebraska, Taysom goes, goes down, and I'm immediately thrust into the game. In a way, similar to what Jaron just did, in a little bit different way, but where Jaron just came in for the, literally the last drive of the game, and, and they say, okay, you know, lead the team down the field for, for a drive, and you don't have time to really think about it. You don't have time to process those emotions. You just have to go. You just have to go out there and compete. And that's what happened to something similar to me in, in 2015, where so after the Nebraska game, you you know that uh, that that news of okay, you're the starter. You have to process it really quickly because then you have to start getting ready for the next game. And we had, we had Boise State coming up the next week. It was our first home game, and so there's no time to to waste. You have to get preparing and get to work. And then and I, and I know Jaron, and he's a a solid dude. He's grounded. He's humble. He's motivated. And he's hardworking, and so I know that he's going to be putting in uh, a bunch of time to really get the the the, the game plan down for this uh, for, for the game against USF. They're going to be he's going to be putting in extra time in the film room. He's going to be talking with Zach, you know, getting tips from him, and so he he understands how to you know how to face those those tough competitive situations. And I I uh, I, th- I I foresee him 
handling the situation just fine. Tanner Mangum is with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Tanner, Gordon and I were talking about this, the differences between Bronco Mendenhall and Kalani Sataki. And, and since you played for both coaches, I want to ask you kind of how they're different. And I'm not really coming from the angle like one's better than the other, but how did how did they approach the same job differently? Well, I appreciate that that perspective because I, I do get that question sometimes of which coach did I like better? And you can't really say that because they're they're hard to compare because they're in a way they're apples and oranges. They're both good coaches, but in different ways. Bronco was was he's one of my favorite people because of because of who he is. He he was that way all the time, and and oftentimes you know he he would get a little made fun of. There was kind of this narrative that he was very antisocial. He wasn't easy to talk to or communicate with. But he was just true to himself. He was a genuine guy, and he didn't. His demeanor didn't change. He was always constant. He was steady. He was consistent. And I really admired that about him. And he's just so smart. Anytime he would go into the X's and O's of football, especially with his defense, people don't realize how complex of a defense uh, he runs. And he's doing it again at Virginia. And it's been awesome to see him and his staff really turn things around there with that Virginia team. It's, it's, I'm really pulling for them. Because I just have you know a tremendous amount of respect for for Bronco and and who he is as a person, uh, how he how he carries himself on and off the field and and um, so while he while he may not be uh, the you know the I guess like socially he's he's a little bit unique but uh, he's a, he's a great man and I have a lot of respect for him and then Kalani is just as, as everyone sees he's he's extremely personable very social loves to be uh, sociable and, and to, to, to talk with people, with, with his players, with his coaches, with his friends and family, with donors and, and people around the community. Um, he's, he's, he's very uh, lively and energetic, as you can see on, on the field. He gets extremely passionate, extremely into the games um, with, his, with his celebrating, with his frustration, with his dancing in the locker room. He's, he's just not afraid to show that passion, that energy that he has. And so they're, yeah, they're different styles. But either way, both of them have a very tough job, or you know, in Broncos' case, had. The BYU head coaching job is such a hard position. Um, you're dealing with a lot of factors that other schools don't have to deal with as far as limited, limited, um, you know, limited, uh, pool, limited pool of recruiting. And the, the academic standards, the honor code standards, uh, makes it hard to recruit. And then there's a little bit less... Uh, resources given to you, especially as, as money goes, and so you're in a way you're, you're shorthanded a little bit being the head coach at BYU, and so it's it's a hard job, and um, and no matter what way you look at it, uh, they're they're doing their absolute best to do the best with what they have. Tanner, you mentioned that you thought Jaron Hall would be up to the task and and uh, be able to handle that. He said he said basically that. He said uh, he's ready to go, he's confident. And you have to be confident to play quarterback. I get all that. But privately, in those quiet moments, is he? does he have those butterflies that are feeling like flying pigs in his gut? Or it, it, how, how nervous would you be? How nervous were you? How nervous do you think he is? Yeah, there's there's some nerves that come into play, and you know, just because you're confident doesn't mean those nerves are completely gone. In a way, it's it's a matter of how do you deal with the nerves, how do you process the nerves, because they're always there. But it's a matter of can you tune them out, or, or can you not not tune them out, but but manage them and and deal with them. 
and uh, embrace them. And so, if, yeah, of course, he's going to have a little bit of a little bit of jitters, a little bit of anxiety and excitement. But I think that comes with playing sports. And and Jaren has played sports his whole life at, at a very high level, both not, and not just in football either. I mean, he's he's, he's played college baseball games. You know, I think imagine being up to bat in a college baseball game where it's literally just the pitcher and you, and and that's that's a mental game right there in and of itself. And then and then he's he's played snaps at quarterback before, you know, out, out in, in in a competitive game, and so he's he's felt it before. He's felt those nerves. He's he's been in that situation before, so it's given him a chance to, to dance with it a little bit and get familiar with it. And so I think he'll be able to handle those nerves and to channel them into playing his best ball. How will Coach Grimes and Coach Roderick deal with it with him? Will they simplify the playbook? Will they try to make it easy for him? What are they going to do? Yeah, I, mean, I think they already have simplified the playbook a lot as the season has gone on. They've tried to keep it more, uh, just, yeah, just keep it more simple. And I think they'll do the same with Jaron. Uh, he's he's extremely mobile. He's he's athletic, but he's a decent thrower too. And so I think they're gonna. Allow him to do both. They're going to be running a lot of RPOs, which they already have with Zach. It won't be too big of a difference. Um, I don't think it, they're going to have to completely change their system at all. But I do foresee them keeping a, a lot of these the same RPOs in the playbook, uh, the similar basic co- passing concepts, and just to keep it simple to allow Jaron to just play loose and play free. And uh, and I think that's that's when players play their best, and, and it's the same in this case. The, sometimes less is more. And uh, just let Jaron go out and, and play his game, and, and uh, go out and make plays. With, like, he's, like I know he's capable of. Tanner, what happened against Toledo from this standpoint? You know, they get out to that lead in the first half. They look like they're uh, by far the superior program uh, with better overall talent, greater size, and, and I don't know about speed, but it just looked like they were in control. And then as the game wore on, it just sort of slipped away. What were your thoughts? I think the main thing that, that I took away was the the lack of execution on third downs. That's that. In, in, when you look back at the game, that really came back to haunt them. They couldn't finish drives. They couldn't sustain drives. So even though at times they were moving the ball with ease, they they couldn't keep it up. They they didn't keep it up. And Toledo's a, a tough program. They're consistently one of the better teams in the MAC, and they're not going to be an easy an easy win. And they they came to play. They played hard. They played with a lot of energy. They they created some big plays, which gave them a lot of momentum. And when you, as far as BYU is concerned, when you don't sustain drives, that can kill your momentum as a team. When you are consistently going out and moving it, but then stalling, that that can hurt your energy. And and, and having to consi- you know constantly punt the ball back and give the ball away and not being able to finish those drives, it's frustrating. And especially on third and short. And I know that's been one of BYU's biggest weaknesses this year. Is statistically speaking, their their third down conversions have been extremely low. And you can't win football games that way. And and um, and I, I think it, that that problem really reared its head on Saturday. Tanner, I know that uh, we ask you a lot about BYU football, but there's another quarterback up here in Salt Lake City, Tyler Huntley, who's playing pretty well these days. I don't know if you've had how much of a chance you've seen to you've had to yep. see him play, but what's going on with him? He looks like he's in a comfort zone. Yeah. So I remember talking about after the BYU Utah game that that was going to be a key for Utah this season is for Tyler Huntley to really come out and, and become a, a significant playmaker for Utah. 
that first game, obviously, they dominated on the on the ground with Zach Moss, and Huntley played a little bit more of a game manager role. But in, in recent weeks, he's he's really taken taken on the primary role of leading that offense and creating plays both through the air and on the ground. And yeah, I did have the chance to watch his game on on Saturday against Washington State, and man, he looks sharp. And Utah as a whole looks sharp. They really they really took it to Wazoo. And they look good. If they can continue to play with that type of energy, making those big plays, and uh, take, taking those shots downfield, and they're going to be tough to, you know, tough to stop in the Pac-12. I know that that USC loss has really had to really hurt, um, but they, you know, there's still a chance for them. They can still run the table, and I, I know Huntley's going to be a huge part of that. And it's 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 good for uh, for for him and good for that team because uh, they're going to need a more than more than just Zach Moss. And so it's good to see Tyler Huntley really taking on a significant role for them. Tanner, thanks as always. Enjoy the games this weekend. Hey, thanks guys. Thanks for having me on. Right, Hopefully come, the energy was, uh, was better. Yeah, come up with a good joke if you can next time. <laughs> next time I'll be ready. All right. Thanks, Tanner. <clears throat> Tanner Mangum, former BYU quarterback. It's good to get the perspective of somebody who has been under center, you know, and knows what that's like. Knows what uh, Jaron Hall is, is going to face and uh, can speak uh, confidently about what he's seeing as far as Tyler Huntley goes. He's right. Tyler Huntley is coming on strong. He's playing really well. Yes, he is. And when he gets time to throw, he's he's much better. USC, the line just struggled so much. I don't think that was a fair game to judge him in. But then in the Washington State game where – even when they got a pass rush, he kept his head up and stepped out of the way. He made some great plays. It was interesting also to hear Tanner talk about facing injuries yep. and handling injuries because this happens to quarterbacks, man. It happens frequently, and it is. He said it's tougher than you think it is. Uh, when you're by yourself, uh, not just in those quiet moments, but when you're uh, you know going through surgery or you're rehabbing or even when you're just resting – away from, and you want to work you want to get better you want to have an opportunity to play and now you're now there's sort of a a wall between you and your your teammates and you've got to take care of your business to get back and he's right uh, I'm sure that Zach Wilson will be a help to Jaron Hall so he can stay connected that way but it's we talk about injuries around here like oh, yeah another injury he'll be back yeah <laughs> There's a whole story. He'll put in the work, and then he'll be back. You know, six to eight months. You know, you know if, if he you... really applies himself, Jake. You know, if, if, if he if he's tough enough, then he'll be back out there. Man, sometimes we presume things, and uh, it's very very difficult for these athletes to fight through these kinds of setbacks. Well, and I think of uh, I think of somebody like Dante Exum, and you, you even could throw Tanner into this a little bit, and I'm I'm hoping for the best for Zach Wilson, but can you imagine coming back from an injury and working all that, uh, putting in all that work and rehabbing and going through all the mental stuff we're talking about and to come back for just a short while only to have it happen again? I mean, it's got to get increasingly more difficult to keep coming back and coming back and coming back. And how it happened. You know, if it's true, if it happened on that tackle after he threw that, that, that brutal interception that pretty much lost the game for BYU at that point, and he's uh, frustrated, he makes the tackle, and then the thumb goes? It's tough. Hey, come on. That's, here's a little public service announcement for all quarterbacks out there. I don't care at what level you play. You throw a pick, you just sit back. 
Heck no, go make that tackle. Do not make the tackle. You screwed up. Go uh, go out there. At you least screwed you can do up, is make so that they, tackle. Yeah, go make the tackle and bust your thumb up, and then you're gone for the next eight weeks. Oh, he could have busted his thumb up anyway. He could have been picking his nose and busted what, his Hitching throat. a ride home right after the game? <laughs> you make that mistake. You go make that tackle. <laughs> I've told you, the thumb is by far the most important digit, you know? It's what separates us from the, the animals, they Well, say. think about it. I mean, you lose your pinky, and you're probably all right. You lose your ring finger, and you got to put your ring on a different finger. You lose your middle finger, and then you can't give the salute. You know, you lose your index finger, and that's kind of an important one. But you can still get by. You lose your thumb. How are you going to throw a football? Mm-hmm. How are you going to do a lot of things? How are you going to pick up a pencil? Yeah, how are you going to mop the floor? I guess you can do it. It's a very astute observation you had there. How you gonna how you gonna empty the dishwasher? Well, you don't do that anyway. How do you pull it off, Gordon? How do you go out and pull weeds? Ever think about that? You claim you're writing a column and don't if, do it. If you were a thumbless man, how are you going to pick weeds? Maybe you should remove your thumbs because you could still type columns without a thumb. All right, stay tuned. We'll have more coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.